Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. It's Straight Talk with Joe. Welcome to the show. It's Straight Talk with Joe. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to another great night of Straight Talk with Joe. I'm your host, Joe, of course. Um, we have our wonderful co-host, Mr. Keith Ellaby. What's going on, world? How are you guys doing tonight? Our other wonderful co-host, Miss Monique Calderon, cannot join us tonight. We are praying for her and uh, wishing her many blessings in her many, many, many endeavors as she uh, becomes a wonderful woman of God. Before we get to tonight's show, I just want to put out another real quick disclaimer uh, that we do every show. just want to let everyone know that uh, we are not pastors, we are not priests, we are not bishops, we are not elders. We are just humble servants of our Lord and Savior who wish to spread the good news and the gospel. Um, to the masses, um, we just want to have an open uh, conversation about Christianity and the many trials and tribulations that we face as Christians. Um, we just want to give everyone opportunity to speak their mind and, and and not be ashamed and be afraid to speak and talk proper. I'm not necessarily talk proper, but speak and be open as a Christian. This is this isn't a place where you have to hide and. And you know, put on airs or um, try to impress someone. This is just an honest, open conversation about everyday things that we face in our lives, and we just want to give you guys a platform to come express how you feel uh, amongst one another as Christians within the body, and not be judged. Um, so, before we get into that show, uh, I just want to say a quick prayer, and we can jump into the show. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again, Lord God, for your everlasting grace, everlasting grace and mercy. Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your peace, and we thank you for your understanding that surpasses all, Lord. Lord, we thank you for our ups. We thank you for our nows. We thank you for the things that you allow us to go through that test our faith, Heavenly Father, so that we know that when our faith is tested, that we are made strong in you. If we do, if we if we do not yield to temptation. So we thank you, we praise you, and we thank you for this outlet. We thank you for our callers. We thank you for our hosts. And we just thank you for this opportunity that allows us to, that allows us to spread the word to your people. So we thank you and we praise you in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Amen. <clears throat> so the next show's a little tricky. You gotta excuse me, man. I got a got a cold. Tonight's show is going to be a little fun, a little tricky, a little whatever you want to call it. We're talking about one of the greatest things that God has ever created, sex. And we're talking about it from a way that, um, you know, we can kind of describe it as what happened after you lost your virginity? 
in today's society, most of us do not. Um, how can I put it nicely? Most of us, <laughs> and I'm speaking for myself, are not celibate until we get married. I can probably count on one hand, <coughs> excuse me, how many people that I know personally that are still in their 30s and they have taken a vow of celibacy, literally, on one hand. And I have well over a 1,000 friends on Facebook, and I know 98% of them, and it's not now one of them people. Um, so the word gives us this. The word gives us, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. He took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh, and instead of that thereof in the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, made a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore, Shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be of one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Amen. That's that's one way of putting it. Um, You know what? I'm just going to dive into it. Um. You know, if if you guys are avid listeners of this show or maybe this is your first time listening, uh, tuning in to Straight Talk with Joe, and before we get into deep into this conversation, we want to encourage all of our listeners to call in to 516-387-1427. That's 516-387-1427. Um, I'm just, you know, on a lot of shows, I always like to give my perspective. I always like to give my point of view and, you know, live out situations that I've went through because maybe my testimony <laughs> would be able to help someone else out or they've probably had the same experiences that I've had, and we can relate. And, you know, once again, we encourage everyone to call in so we can just talk about, excuse me, we can talk about certain things that um, have affected us in life. I probably, well, let's see. I lost my virginity when I was like 14, 15. But if you want to be technical, it might have been a little bit earlier than that. I probably had my clothes on. I was probably like, I don't know, seven, <laughs> eight. I don't know, yeah, you know, something like that. But, <laughs> you know, sex has always been a intricate part of my life. And some some shape, form, or fashion. Um, it uh, it it has been both negative and both positive. Um, in mm. fact, uh, it, it's played such a part, a heavy part in my life that I've been able to open up other people about it. And um, I don't even know if I can say it, but I'm gonna say it anyway because I know he's not listening. Uh, it's a uh, color commentator or a television host. Or a news broadcaster, his name is Torre. Uh, I'm going to be featured in his book uh, whenever he decides to finish it. 
uh, and it's about sex, and it's about, um, you know, I'll be honest, uh, it's men cheating. Um, and if men have been facing situations where they've cheated or if they've almost cheated, um, I reached out to him, and he reached back out to me, and uh, we had a, a lengthy conversation. It was like it was almost like going to a therapist. Um, but um, just within that conversation, that when, when we spoke, um, I, I I saw that once again, sex has been an intricate part of my life since I was. Oh my goodness! Not necessarily doing it, but. Um, just experiencing it. I'm probably around four or five years old. Um, well, that, that's, that's very interesting, uh, Joe, how you said around four or five years old. Yep. That's when you were introduced to sex. And and that's why we want to talk about this. Now, it's, it's just very cliche to bring up, you know, we know, we know what the Bible says about it, but why is it still being introduced to everyone earlier and earlier? We can blame the world, of course, but also um, there. Like, let's think. Let's take a step back before we just sh- play the blame game. Um, I want to touch on that scripture really, really quick. Um, it, it's, it's, the scripture was Genesis chapter two, verse twenty-one to twenty-five. The part that I want to like, I really like about this verse is that. They were, you know, uh, it talks about husband and wife, and man shall leave his mother and father and cleave unto his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And they both were naked, and the man and the the woman uh, and his wife were were not ashamed. And uh, I think that's very interesting that they were naked and they weren't ashamed. Now, we can get into discussion about did they know they were naked, did they not? We know that their eyes were open later after they taste of the fruit. But my question is, there, well, my, my statement is uh, they weren't ashamed. And I think that's the ideal uh, um, situation for sex, to be unashamed. And, but to, to go back, uh, to go further than that, it's um, we should be, the Bible uh, says that we should be married, then have sex, then we'll be unashamed. You know, but if we're not following that order, we might um, hit some problems there. Um, Joe, you said you encountered, you know, the world of sex at a young age. You surely enough wasn't married around five. (laughs) So you were introduced to like the blessing before entering into the confines of the blessing, which is marriage. So how do we how do we talk to the people about that? and that's that's what we what we're targeting tonight as well. Um, I just want to know why does this happen over and over and over again? Joe, why, why were you introduced at a young age at, at five? Why were you introduced? Do you recall? Well, for me, for me, it's you know, we're all family. I can be honest. I saw my dad cheating on my mom with his girlfriend. Um, mm. I walked. I was hungry. Like I was starving, and I walked in there, and I, of course, didn't know what was going on. I said, I'm hungry. Can I get something to eat? And 
he uh, he told me to get out, and I stood there, and I was like, whoa, what's going on? And he said, just go to the refrigerator. I'm, I remember like, I'll never forget it. I remember like it was yesterday. I walked in, and, um, and he told me that, and I said, go get something to eat out of the refrigerator, and I found some cheese. And I started eating cheese, and I sat on the couch and walked, went outside, and they had like a little uh, pool in the backyard. And um, started playing in the pool, and that was my first encounter. Well, well, and it, and it changed your life, and I'm pretty sure that opened the door for you to be curious about what was happening. Um, as believers, it seems as though uh, when we grow up, we see our parents probably kissing each other, um, being intimate with one another. And I know for me growing up, um, my parents, you know, are affectionate and, you know, kissing and stuff like that. It wasn't inappropriate for children, but it was something that I aspired to have later on in my life when I got older of a woman that I could do that same thing with. Unfortunately, when you when you reach the age of like 13, 14, 15, you're you're introduced to women and how things go and girls might think you're cute, you start getting compliments and if you never had compliments, they feel good to you and it it it, it feels good to be admired by someone and then next thing you know a girl likes you and you don't even know how do you handle that, you know? You're you're 13, 14, 15 you're going on dates. You, how do you process this information? Now, me growing up, I know the ultimate no-no is do not have sex with, before marriage. That was the ultimate no-no. It's easier said than done for a few reasons. How did you process that, Joe? Did you know it was wrong? And now, did you have like a marker in your head to say, hey, I will not go past this level or let me tiptoe around this level? How how did you process that? Well, one, I, I want to be clear. I wasn't curious as to what was going on in the room. I was a fat kid, so I was just hungry. And I just happened to walk in there and see them having sex. Um you know, I was I'm talking about when you got older. Of course, you know, yeah, well, you know, I was raised in the church, so um, being raised in the church, you know that you're not you know, supposed to have sex before you before you before you before you before you you before you before you 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 Give him a little feedback. Oh, my fault. Uh, no, sir. So, um, so yeah, um, while I was in the church, I mean, no, I'm sorry, getting touched. Um, as I got older, once again, I knew that it was wrong, but it didn't affect me. Like, I wasn't like, yeah, I was, you know, going to church and all that. I, I mean, you know, it got to the point where, like, me and my, I'll never forget it, man. That's why I say sex is, it's such a 
such a big part of me, and it's crazy that it, that it is. And I'm not saying that this is a good thing. This is just I'm, I'm being open and I'm being honest. I remember I had to be like between 11 and 13, somewhere around there. And it was this girl that came to our vacation Bible school um, for the summer. Um, and me and my cousin were trying to pursue it at the same time. And I don't know how true it is, but we, like I said, we were both trying to pursue her. And he ended up, you know, getting a little bit closer to her, I guess you could say. And he said he ended up having sex in the pastor's office at the church. Now, mm. I put now I'm, I'm going to put myself in his shoes because we were both talking to him, right? That could have been me, and I probably would have did the same thing. I'm, I'm just being honest. You know, at that age, I didn't. You know, you don't think twice about it. Like I, I got I got saved when I was young, but sex was so much a part of me that it just it was second it like like it was it was like it was like breathing. And I'm not saying that I had uh I don't I, I won't say that I had multiple partners. But I will say that I did have a lot of intercourse. And I I, I always thought about one thing when it came to sex. No matter who you sleep with Every time you sleep with someone, mm, you take a part of that person with you, right? Just like how God took the rib out of Adam and, and then made woman, and they became one. When you, let me put it like this. If you're building something, something has a hole, and then you have a peg. Until that peg fits inside that hole, whatever you're building doesn't become one particular thing. It doesn't become a unit. It doesn't become whole. It doesn't become something that is useful, right? If you put the peg in and take it out, then whatever you're trying to build, whatever you're trying to put together is non-existent. You have two separate items that don't have a function unless they're together, right? When you sleep with a woman or you sleep with a man, until you come together, as it says in the Bible, and you become one, you become that whole unit, then you can work together as a pair to be the functioning parts that you're supposed to be. When you jump from person to person to person, now you're picking up different parts of different things that might not go with what God wants you to be. Amen. <clears throat> so, with that being said, we can talk about how many times we've slept with someone or how many people we slept with and what happens after you lose your virginity and you're not a Christian. I mean, you are a Christian. What I'm trying to get to is, is plain and simple. If you slept with someone and you know that it's wrong, 
or if you're currently sleeping with someone and you're not married, you can be engaged and stop sleeping with them. You can be dating stop sleeping with them. Unless you're married, unless you're married, and it's easier said than done. This is where the Bible comes in and says that you need to have self-control. Because that's the now, one thing. Now, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I'm saying I, I, I'm glad you took it there. Now, now let's let's just back up a minute. You said you need to have self-control. That's true. How do you yield your members at the age of 12? How do you yield your members at the age of 16? How, how do you, how do you use your members if you meet a girl and you love her? This what what. Do we have to, I mean, should I get married to this girl at 16? No. To, to stop? Here's the thing. So you say, so you say your no. Your brain, your brain isn't, the first off is, is, unless you get a parent's consent, it's illegal to do it, in, in, in this country at least. Um, but your okay, brain well, I'm isn't. I'm going to flip this scenario. I'm going to flip this scenario on you. Now, 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 hear, hear me out. Please join this conversation at 516-387-1427. Now, now hear, hear me out here. Say your son, 16 years old, in the, in the Lord, he understands the word, he's growing, he, he's hungry for God, he wants to keep walking in the ways of, of God and not disappoint his heavenly father. Amen. But he meets this girl named Susan. She's in church too. She's beautiful girl, nice, nice hair, you know, all the attributes that he likes, right? She's and, and she's on fire for God too. And your son's 16. Your son really likes Susan. But he knows that he can't go past that point with Susan. And 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 he's like, Dad, every time I'm around her, my body, you know, does something and and uh, you know, this happens to me here, and this happens to me there, and I just want to be around her all the time, Dad. What should I do? You know, I really want to like kiss her all the time, but I know that it may lead to something. Should I just marry her, Dad, or what should I do? What should I do? What do you tell your son? I'm not trying to grill you as a parent. I'm just, I'm just having a conversation. No, 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 no. You need to have someone there at all times. Okay. Because okay. Have, have a chaperone there at all times. Okay. You, you, and, and it doesn't mean that when you say the word chaperone, that doesn't necessarily mean having an adult there. Have one of your friends there that's from church because Hang out that person, okay. exactly, be be in group settings, be in situations where, you, where you're not vulnerable. Where where you know that in that area you're going to be weak, so instead of um, going to the movies one on one, you can go bowling. Okay. It's light. But, it's but, not dark. But dad, but dad, how long do I have to do this? I'm, I'm 16. I I, I kind of want to have her right now. I I've been I've been controlling this for a year. Have to wait three four more years. Until you're out of my house. <laughs> you an illegal adult, you will abide by my rules. Point blank and simple. You at sixteen, so, 
you should have rules and guidelines. If you right, were, if you were like this girl, uh, as a parent, I'm just saying, as a parent, as a parent, and my kids are nowhere near. Thank God, nowhere near the age of sixteen. But it's funny that you mention this because I, I played this scenario over in my head the other day. I told myself, when my kids become teenagers, I need to have the cell phone numbers of their friends, the cell phone numbers of their parents. If I don't have either one of those in my phone, they cannot be sociable. Because I need to know where you're at at all times, not necessarily for, like, this type of purpose, but for anything. Because the, the older I get, the more I realize the world is crazy. And the world really, I don't want to say the devil controls the world, but he has a strong foothold on this planet. Mm -hmm. And I I, I need to know how my children are doing at all times. But what I'm trying (laughs) to get to is, is that at 12, 14, 16, 18, your brain isn't developed. Psychologically, you're not prepared, even though you think you are. It's, it's a feeling. It's like, it's, like, it's like those times when you're really down and out and you go to church and the pastor just gives you, like, this wrong sermon, the praise and worship team were on point, and you leave church feeling you are the best Christian in the world. Until Monday, not even Monday. So six six o'clock happens uh, on that same Sunday, and you get a devastating phone call, or someone comes up to you and tries to tempt you. Are you still the best Christian in the world after all of that happened three four hours ago? So, what I'm trying to say is is that if your brain isn't fully developed and you're acting on a feeling acting on your raw emotions and as a teenager all these hormones are raging so what you think is love could probably be lust yeah she's a good Christian girl you're a Christian boy but at 16 how devote of a Christian are you wait, wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute there's some very serious young committed Christians uh, and Sixteen I, look, or younger. Now, 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 wait a minute. I, I give you that. I give you that. But, <laughs> but, but, but I, I want to say that was attitude. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. We're speaking of experience and wisdom and 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 and, and, and maturity, right? But I'm mm-hmm. saying let's rewind the clocks and go back to sixteen. How do we wrestle with these feelings? But that's the thing. There are kids going to listen to this podcast right now, right? There's kids that's going to listen to this podcast right now, and they're in college. They see the opposite sex around them all the time. Now, they can have accountability partners. That's great. But there's something deeper in these kids and us, which is the flesh, that wants to do it. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like uh, you know, I, I was preparing for this. I was reading Romans seven, and 
it's it's very interesting how, you know, under the Holy Spirit, Paul writes, you know, what shall we say then? Romans 7, verse 7 says, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin but by the law. For if I had not known lust, except the law has said, thou shalt not covet. Then it says this, but sin... Taking occasion by the commandment wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. For without the law, sin was dead. So, like, sin in us, this flesh, like, like I'll give you an example, right? My, one of my best friends is a cop. He says that laws do something to people. <clears throat> he says uh, there was one time where there was no sign on his grass, right? And people would not walk on the grass. People just walk past the grass. There was no sign. But as soon as they put a sign in the grass that said, do not walk on this grass, people started walking on the grass. And it's just an example of, like, th- that's how I picture this verse. It's like the law is there. Then our flesh wants to do what it wants to do because the works of the flesh are manifest. Fornication, lust, all those things. Because there's the law it says, hey, don't do this. Now I want to do it. That's the battle of the believer. Now, the way out of that I see, and you might not agree with me on this, is if someone, a young kid, if they understand what marriage is, or if they don't understand, they should get an understanding of what marriage is if they really want to have sex. Because if they fornicate and have premarital sex, that is going to open their bodies up to the feeling of sex. And once you, and, and the Lord created sex, once you start, you're not supposed to stop. Because right. unless you get married, right. you're supposed to have sex with your wife. It's two parts to that. You don't necessarily have to have sex in order, in order to feel sex. And I say that because when I was that, that young male, that young four or five-year-old, I didn't have sex. But I know I the same feeling that I felt back then when I saw them having sex is almost the same feeling that I have now as an adult with my wife. Mm-hmm. Same thing with masturbation. No, no, so repeat, repeat that one more time. Repeat that one more time. The same feeling that I had when I saw my dad cheating on my mother of, whoa, what is this? This looks like it's the best thing in the world. I've never seen this before. But my body knows what this is. At, at four or five years old, this is what I'm thinking. Guys, I'm a shoot. Like I, I can, I can tell you everything about that about that day. It mm-hmm. still, I, it still resonates within my body as if I was having sex at that age. So you don't necessarily have to have sex in order to get the gratification of sex. One of the main reasons why I didn't sleep with a lot of a lot of girls when I was younger. I turned on more girls slept with, and I'm being honest because I'm I'm being honest. I masturbated more than anything because mm-hmm. I knew but, if I but, slept with them. But you still fulfill the desires of your body, and 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 exactly. that's my point tonight. Is is like that that once that cork is popped or whatever the term it you is, can't put, you, that, you can't that, put it back. You on. can't put it back. Can't, can't put it back on. And that's what I want to encourage our young people in here tonight. If you're listening to this, 
it is the Lord would have you to pop the cork with your husband, someone that loves you, someone that loves God, someone that's committed to the Lord. That He wants you to pop the cork with him all days of your life, right? But if you don't, you're going to open your body up to something that it's hard to muzzle. It's going to burn in you. Um, and, 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 that's, and, and one of the tricks of the enemy is this. He listens, he knows what you like, and he knows how to use words to lower your senses so you can fall into fornication. He knows how to do it. Mm-hmm. And it all starts with a conversation. If you uh what's that the what's that verse? The <clears throat> life and death is in the power of the tongue, and those that love it will eat the fruit of their up. So it's just the the fruit of your lips. The enemy knows how to talk. He's very good at it. He knows he's very good with words. If a the, if someone's coming up to you and they're spitting game and it's very very good, and they're trying to coerce you into having sex with them, run away from that because your flesh is going to want to, and you'll start to. Con, uh, you start to uh, what's, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You'll start to uh, <laughs> I forgot the name of the word, but you'll start to like reevaluate it and try to say, well, maybe it's not that bad, or he really loves me, or she really loves me. This is what I really you try to rationalize. You try to rationalize your sin, and that's and once he does that, once you start doing that, the enemy's got you. Because you know, you once, know, you let that, once you let that spirit in, it's hard to get it out. Joe, how many yeah. times have you gotten wrong with gotten involved with the wrong girl, and it took it took some time to get her out of your system? Yo, I've I been married for almost eight years. I'm still dealing with chicks ten years <laughs> ago in in my mind, in my mind, not not necessarily. I'm reflecting on my. I still feel them. Like that, mm-hmm. it goes back to what I said earlier in the show. When you sleep with someone, you take a piece of that person with you. Yep. And it's stuck and, with and you. That's not fair, and that's not fair to your spouse. Not saying you, Joe. I'm just no, talking no, about anybody. No, even, me. Well, no. even me. Even me. When I was out there doing my thing, I was, let me tell you this, man. I was a, I was a camper, a noop, as you would call it, on the campus, a college campus. Twirling a cane, wearing red, shimmying, strolling, oh, all this stuff. Right. <laughs> on top of that, top of that, I was the SGA vice president, so I was like top dog at my school when it comes to like events and activities. I like getting anything I wanted for free. I I was like up there, so I'm messing with different girls and doing all this stuff. Fast forward, I'm married now. It's like, man, like all that stuff. It goes back to what the writer said in Ecclesiastics. It was all meaningless. Right. It was all meaningless. It didn't mean mean anything. It was was nothing. My body belongs to my wife now. But unfortunately, you know, I've sowed into my flesh and it's it's corrupted my brain, like you said. That's the word. It corrupts you. It's like it's like we we both IT guys. It's like when you have a good functioning working 
PC, a personal computer, and you just know that this computer, the 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 hardware that's on it, cannot get any type of virus on that PC until one day you're online and the next thing you know, malware, virus, it just destroys it. And sometimes yeah. you got to throw the computer out. Yeah. But we can't and that's why that. words are so important. That's why words are so important yeah. because yeah. when someone utters something into the atmosphere and it hits your ears, it's registered in your brain and in your heart. Now, what what happened is the enemy will have people say things to you that are very endearing. You, but once you believe what they say, you've opened your heart up to them, and then after a while, they're just going to rip everything down, especially if they're from the enemy. Um, and and that and that's the danger of it. We have to really watch our words. I said a lot of lies back in my day. I said a lot of lies. And 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 the worst part is a lot of women believe what I was saying. And and I, and I don't know how that affected them, but I'm sure it done damage. And that's hey, the thing. You know, it's like, go ahead. You know, you know what's sad, and I know you can attest to this. Well, I gotta say a quick prayer. Well, please bless me to show my daughter what it means to have a man or a woman. Allow me to show my daughter through how I protect my wife and how I talk to my wife, what it means to love another woman. Because I'm going to be honest, Keith, and once again, I know you can attest to this. When you were in college, you you was a dream seller. I used to call myself an astronaut. Because I used to send girls to the moon with my dreams, man. It was crazy. I, I used to say the dumbest stuff in it. God, please protect my daughter when she goes to college. That's right. You, I, dude, I understand exactly what you're I do. I would never forget this one time. I'll never forget this. And my jaw dropped because I, I couldn't believe how bad the line was. But I was even more amazed that it worked. I remember I, Facebook probably was probably a year or two old. And people were really texting in boxes and stuff like slides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, I remember yeah, this one guy, he said, he said the most cheesiest line to this girl. And she, like, bought into it. And and the thing is, is, like, men are gullible, too, because I was one of those gullible guys as well. Mm-hmm. Women know how to say certain things to men, and it just draws them in. It draws them in. I again, I, I'll, I'll admit this. Back in my day, I used to, you know, go to strip clubs, and um, I couldn't. Well, I forgot where I was, but the women that dance there—they're so good with their words. It it it. Oh, it, 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 oh, oh. The strip club is the words. You go... and it's just talking. It's, it's talking that. To the dance, and and that's the and that's how powerful words are, and that's what the enemy uses. These these they're per, they're experts at this. They know how to talk yeah. you out of ten dollars, twenty dollars, fifty dollars, and you'll go right to the ATM. I need more money, you, and, and then you, you ever go seen, home, bro. You ever <laughs> seen you that movie? Um, you ever seen that movie Percy Jackson? Um, oh my 
like something sorcerer, like he was like like the yeah, son of uh, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, you remember the, remember the scene when they were in the casino and they had like the lotus flower and like every like the women So it's like it's a scene where they eat like this lotus flower and the women entice you and it makes you feel like you are the best person in the world and it's like it's like the whole room just turns into lust and sin. And that's what it's like going to the show club. They don't give you a lotus flower because you know what the out you know what's gonna happen when you go to a strip club. But once mm-hmm. you're there, it's like the whole room turns into lust and sin because a stripper will sell a stripper is worse than a pimp in my opinion. Because she don't have to sleep with you to get your money. She just has to sit on top of you to get your money. That's mm. she, 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 I want to go back to something real quick. And I want to uh, 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 go back to actually something you read within uh, the seventh chapter of Romans. And I don't know if you've got this far, but it's a few verses that have always stuck to me. And, it's, and, and it goes back to what you said about um, how sin like you want to do something right, but then it's like the sin kind of pulls you back. You got to listen to what, um, who, who wrote this? Paul wrote this? Uh, Romans? Uh, yeah. You want to go back to what Paul said. So he said, starting from the 14th verse, and I'm reading from the, NF, from the NLT. He says, Okay. So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me. For I am all too human a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree with the law. I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I want to do what is wrong. I want to do what I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do... But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is in my mind. I really want to obey God's law, 
but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. Yeah, so, and that's the war, ladies and gentlemen. And and here's the thing, and, and here is the thing. We have to be careful and not be too prideful. Sin is very dangerous. It's very real. And temptation is very subtle. Very, I want to repeat that. Temptation is very subtle. It, you know, people say, oh, you can turn from this and this. And you can. The Lord will give you the power to turn from it. The Lord can give you that power and he'll give you his discernment. But you have to be very careful because sin's not going to look like sin. Sin's not going to knock on your door and say, hey, I'm sin, let me in. No, it's not going to look like that. It's probably going to look good. It's probably going to look holy. It's probably going to look righteous. I sent you an article a couple of days ago about um, that pastor that got busted for um, oh, yeah. uh, that first that sex with minors or something like that. See, and 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 I, you know, I'm not going to talk about that, but I just want to share. I believe that's how the enemy can come in. He's like that that person you least expect, and then next thing you know, boom, it's too late. That that's how it is. That's the snare. It's a trap. It, it's and we have to be mindful. So most times. <clears throat> When we're warring with our mind, it's probably too late. We probably, we've probably been tempted, and we're considering turning from God to indulge in our flesh. I want to, I want to read James one fourteen. It says, uh, "But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then, when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth." For death. Death, sin wants to kill you. And but we're we're tempted. We have the opportunity to turn away from that temptation. We rely on Christ for that. But it's very, very subtle. And it, the, the enemy may take his time trying to get you to, to, to fall into sin. He might be having a plan to, to to unleash on you at one time to get you to stumble. It's not going to be, hey, I'm sin, indulge in me. No, 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 no. It's going to be very subtle. It's going to look very good. It's not going to seem evil. It's going to look holy and righteous. Because uh, what was that verse say? Uh, and marvel not that the, the enemy has transformed himself into an angel of lightning as ministers that, were, that, that are ministers of righteousness. We have to be careful of this stuff. I'm sorry, Joe. I didn't mean to go ham on that. <laughs> no, no, we 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 can eat all the swine we want, man. Yeah, man. Um, so my, my whole thing is, I I just think we should really like consider what what we're listening to, and I'm not talking about like music. I'm just talking about the people around us. And our interests and relationships, because the words they put into your mind, they'll start to take root. They'll start to grow. And next thing you know, you'll start acting like that person and having their thoughts. It, it, that's how it works. But if, if you're not standing on the word of God, the enemy can come in and just pump your brain full of nonsense. And next thing you know, you've reasoned your way out of uh, 
following the Lord. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I will say this. Um, we had a great discussion tonight. Um, we talked about some things that I know that a few of you may have been or went through in life. Um, and, you know, even though the show started to close down, I still want to encourage you guys to call in. 516-387-1427. That's 516-387-1427. We um, touched on a lot of topics tonight that, uh, are, in my opinion, they don't talk about it in the church. Like, you might get one or two good sermons or, you know, maybe, maybe a Bible study about it, but Honestly, what we talk about on this show is taboo in the church. The church sin, today sin has been sin has been battling in the church for the last two thousand years. I mean, not sin, well, sin obviously, but fornication has been battling the church for the last two thousand years. Yeah, and it, it's still there. It's still there. Um, we have to. Be stewards of it, and, and it's it's a real struggle, and that and that's the thing I, I just want to make clear tonight. This is this is something we pray, we fast about, and it's tough. It but is. throwing a scripture at it and leaving it alone, you know, you have to keep going works. constantly throwing scriptures at it because you know, oh yeah, I threw I read a Bible verse. No, that 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 hunger is going to fight you. And says you want to go out tonight, or you want to call a returnist text at two a.m. This girl looks good. You'd be an idiot to turn this down tonight. And and you think yeah. to yourself, you know what? I'm absolutely right. I would be an idiot. And next thing you know, your your thumb goes over that 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 button, the text. We just and then and then next thing you know, when you get to this, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm about to do this tonight. I need this. Please forgive me for what I'm about to do. I, I I need help, and <laughs> you you raise the white flag, and next thing you know, you're you're in a car going to do something you ain't supposed to be doing. But that's how real yeah. it is. You know what's funny? As you were saying that, something came to my mind. Sex is a drug if you're not married. Actually, sex can be a drug even if you're married, because it can be an addiction. You can get oh, addicted right. to sex. And just like a drug or drinking or something, something to that nature, if you don't do it in moderation, it can overpower you and overtake you. And it can, and in essence, it just like sin, the more the sin grows in you, it can lead to death. Yep. Even there's a married couple that talks about how you're not always supposed to have sex 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You need to take a break. But don't take a break too long because that gives the devil a foothold to get inside your marriage. That's good. That's very good. Very good. Isn't that so, interesting that's in the Word of God? How it says, do not like separate from your wife too long because the enemy will come in. That's, that's, think about what we just said. That's how powerful Sex is. Yep. 
Here's the funny thing about the Word of God. Whatever you are thinking, whatever you're doing, whatever situation you're facing in your life, I I'm a thousand percent sure you can find it in the Bible. You know, me and my me and my brother, we used to have the saying that um, people use the Bible to do whatever they wanted to do. Whatever situation, whatever circumstance that they're facing, they can find. If you want to talk about how marijuana deals for you, it is a scripture, even though they flipped it to make it seem like it's good. You can find two scriptures in the Bible where it says you can, it's good to use vegetation to heal your body. And then people that smoke weed or watch the fires and say, yep, there it goes right there, I can smoke weed. But um, as we as we close out tonight, I want to I, I want to leave you guys with this. The word of God is not fiction. The word of God is all facts. When you go to Barnes and Noble and you go look for a book and you want to read an autobiography, you don't go to the science fiction section. You go to the non-fiction fiction section. You go to the section where reality lives. And the thing about the Bible is the reality turns into flesh. When the Word of God says something and it tells you to yield to it, take heed to what God is trying to tell you. Because like we said a few episodes ago, God is not a liar. There's no sin in God. When it comes to fornication, don't do what we did. And I don't want to say, and if, if, if you guys are in college, if you guys are in high school and you listen to us right now, I don't, I don't want to sound like the guy that talked to me 10, 15 years ago. But I'm going to sound like that guy tonight because I'm, I'm telling you from experience, not, not, not from what somebody told me. I'm telling you from experience. If you can, and it's hard, Listen, listen, it's it's so hard that I still battle, battle with certain things in my life when it comes to fornication and sex. If you can do anything in life, exhibit self-control. In my opinion, this is the strongest form of self-control because nobody, nobody can control your body parts, your sexual organs, but you. Somebody can control your finances. Somebody can control your housing situation. Somebody can even control the clothes that you try to wear on your back. But nobody but you can control your sexual organs. So what does the Bible say? Let's go to masturbation. Yeah, it feels good for that moment. But the Bible says, if your right hand offends you, cut it off. If your right eye offends you, 
pluck it out. And I've probably said it wrong. It might have been left out, but you get the drift. You need to do things that aren't going to allow you to live in hellfire. Because eventually, the more you keep doing this stuff, the more fornication that you're doing at this age, it leads you away from Christ. Because you can you can meet a, a, a wonderful girl and a wonderful guy. Let's just say for a guy, for example. I live in the Philadelphia area, and I'm from the South. So when I moved to Philly, this was a life changer for me. It's a lot of Muslims in Philadelphia. So you can, you can be a, a nice, beautiful young girl, and you meet this guy. You go out one night, next thing you know you're sleeping with the guy. Now, you're a Christian woman. You don't know two things about this guy. Two days later, you find that he's a Muslim. Maybe the next day you find that he's a Muslim. Six weeks go by. Don't have your period. Sorry to be vulgar, if that offends people, but this is honesty. Now you're pregnant from a guy. You're a devoted Christian. Yet, oh, God, I made a mistake. I didn't mean to do it. But now you're pregnant for someone that doesn't have the same religious beliefs that you do. Now what do you do? Now you're faced with, do I abort the child? No, because he's a Muslim. He's not going to go for that. So now you got to keep it. Now do you cling to him and, and, and change your beliefs? Sex is deep. Oh, or you yeah. change your life. Mm-hmm. Think about everything you do before the action is made. And I'm going to close on that. Yeah, I, I, great, great point. Definitely think about the actions before. Think with the sound. Don't even, don't even rely on your own thinking. Just, just go to what the Word of God says. Because, because if you think, you'll probably come up with the answer you want and end up entering into the sin. So definitely don't lean on your own understanding because sex will make your mind very cloudy, very, very cloudy, and things will spiral out of control. Um, I, I want to end with this. Young people, the singles, the virgins out there, the people that have you know that Christ loves you. He has forgiven you. Repent from that and seek what the Lord will have you to be. Here's the trick of the enemy. He wants you to believe that you can't have the gift of sex. But the reality is, God has already given it to you. The only thing you have to do is get a spouse to do it. It's a free gift. The only thing you need is a spouse to unlock the gift of sex. Don't covet sex. Covet the will of God, which is for you to get married and have sex. But if you seek sex, You'll break the laws of God and just want that, and that's just a little piece of the blessing of marriage. And that's the that's the that's the deception. That's the that's a major deception. And once we start sowing into our flesh, our flesh gets stronger and stronger and stronger. We have to die to the flesh daily. 
take your time step by step. For the people that may have stumbled and they know the experience of sex, take your time. Cut those things off that are very sensitive to your flesh, that make you feel a certain way, that makes you want to text that person, that makes you want to go out. Cut that off, like Joe said. It is very important because if you feed it, it's going to go stronger, and next thing you know, you'll probably end up in a worse situation what the Lord has probably brought you from. For the women and men that are not, that have never experienced sex, seek after a husband or wife. Let the Lord guide your steps so you can so you can get the fullness of the blessing of marriage. Sex is a byproduct of marriage, but the fullness of it is the whole marriage and the, the commitment and the companionship and the friendship. I, I Think about this. Wouldn't you rather share in sex with this one person that is your best friend, that is the love of your life, that will lay down their life for you, that, want, that you want to raise your kids with, that you, you know, want to, to grow with, old with? That's the person you want to be with. Not some person that's cute and is cool or is good with their words or, you know, pretend to be something that they're not. And what's the, what's the point? It's, it's, it's meaningless. If you indulge in that with this person, what happens after that? And I'm just read this and then we can go. Um, <clears throat> I wrote this early. Sex is one of the most intimate, sensitive, and exposing things you can do in, your, in this life. You share a moment in time where the people involved drop their inhibitions and reveal their nakedness. This is something God created and intended for husband and wife. It is a very, very intimate time that should only be shared with husband and wife. God bless you guys. We love you. Um, Please uh, hit us up on... uh, Social media at Straight Talk with Joe uh, at StraightTalkJoe.com or Instagram Straight Talk Joe or at Straight Talk Joe. Please like us on Facebook. Um, and if you want to know uh, more about the Word of God, the Bible, uh, please check out www.walkingischrist.com. It's a it's a Bible study that are where we've gone through the New Testament. It's very good. Learn more about Jesus Christ and happy early. Resurrection Day, um, I just want to share this as well, last point. We do this because we love Jesus Christ, and we believe that he lived, died, and rose again, proclaiming him as the ultimate truth. The gift of marriage is the reflection of Christ and the church. The Bible says when we are married in Christ, when we are uh, when we are married in husband and wife, it's a reflection of Christ and the church, and we are part of his flesh and bone. Jesus would be a complete liar if he did not get up out of the grave, but he did. The fact that he did means that he is the true living God, and besides him there is none other. Check out the podcast. Learn about Christ. Learn about what he did for you. 
learn about the Son of God, learn about the manifestation of God, the creator of this universe, in the flesh, on this earth, walking around, talking. God bless you. We love you. Have a good night. Welcome to the show. It's Straight Talk with Joe. Welcome to the show.